0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex
1: DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact welcome back to the guys in ties podcast this is dustin i am here with rob rob's on the phone uh we weren't able to get together it's been a crazy couple of weeks i we haven't recorded since um we lost i guess to ohio in the tournament so it's been a while so rob uh how are you doing
0: great man and yeah like you said i mean it's been a while and in terms of like basketball terms especially like a lot has happened since we last recorded
2: yeah it's just been it's been crazy so we're gonna try and break down some of all of it and uh but first I think before we get started I just I have a story I want to tell um it's kind of funny so (laughs) (laughs) so strap in so as some of you probably know we did a um bracket challenge for the tournament we thought it'd be fun and actually we had this like we had a cool prize, and I'm not going to give it away because, <laughs> spoiler, no one gets the prize this year because I screwed up really badly. Um, I didn't lock the tournament bracket challenge. So in theory, you could have waited until the very end of the bracket and submitted a perfect bracket and won, which is actually what a couple people did. But this one guy... And his name, I, I think it's Will Jones. Uh he is, I don't think, a pod listener. And because <laughs> I've never heard of him before. But anyway, he he messaged he DM'd me on Twitter and was like, Hey man, like I won your bracket challenge. Uh can I DM me for the prize? So he was like demanding me for the prize, and I was like, okay like I don't really care I've got other things to do I was super busy with work Rob was busy with work so we didn't actually have a chance to like get back to him for a while and then I just messaged him again on yesterday and I was like hey dude (laughs) I have a job so I I don't check Twitter all the time but like sorry it took me a while and he was like oh that's okay what's What's the prize? So he's like super <laughs> into the prize.
0: What's the prize, man?
2: <laughs> so the prize what I told him the prize was was a, a interview on the podcast. And what I wanted to do I didn't think it would actually come on, but I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to like kind of corner him and kind of make him admit that he just cheated <laughs> in the bracket <laughs> challenge. <laughs> And, and then he was like, no, I'm actually too shy. I don't want to, I'm good. And then he said, what else you got? (laughs) What else you got? And I was like, okay, so you're just being kind of a jerk now. And I was like, I asked him if he would prefer the second place prize. And originally we didn't have one, but I was going to make one up. And he said, no, or he said, yeah, what is it? I said is a five minute interview. Instead of being a guest speaker, it's only a five minute interview, and that was yesterday at uh, actually twenty four hours ago at this point. So he hasn't responded yet. I think he's done with me, but my goal I'm going to keep. I'm actually respond to him now. Rob, what should I respond to him?
0: Well, what you were saying yesterday, you're just going to say hello, like bunch of question marks. Oh yeah,
2: well, because- what's your prize, bro? Oh, yeah, that's why, because he actually sent me that. He sent me a message <laughs> saying, hello, with <laughs> six question marks. So I'll do that.
0: No, I mean, I just think it's hilarious that there's, like, people out there that that's their scam tactic. Of all mm-hmm. the things in the world, they're going to go out there and try to rip off people's bracket groups <laughs> and DM people for prizes. Oh, yeah. I just think it's great.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, he, he actually had, like, a lot that he had – retweeted already before i got to him and he actually has made himself private now on twitter i think he had made the twitter specifically for this so i'm not surprised he's now private um he hasn't responded to me yet he saw my last one he hasn't seen this one yet i my my goal my goal is for him to block me i don't think anyone's ever blocked (laughs) me before On the guys and ties account so i'm looking forward to that uh i think i think it'll be an interesting thing for me to experience so yeah i think i think that was funny that you know it's kind of like taking the stickers off the rubik's cube and pretending like you did it like it's just kind of a (laughs) just kind of a weak move i don't know i thought it was funny i had a good time and i'll i'll actually i'll update everyone if if you guys want to want to hear the update and he he still follows me which is good should i follow him back yeah
0: i mean he's got to get his prize i mean maybe the third place prize is his best bet now (laughs) we'll have to figure out what that is
2: what's the third place prize
0: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) we'll come
1: up with something
2: we'll have to find something yeah I'll figure something out. But anyway, um, yeah. So that was that's an update on on what I've been doing over the past three weeks <laughs> is figure out how to deal with this dude. Um, but yeah, Rob, how have you been? It's been a while.
0: <laughs> Other than that, man, uh, just just soaking up all the transfer news, soaking up a little spring football news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ready to dive into it tonight, man
2: yeah so we're we're gonna get into all of it, but first we do want to talk about our sponsors from bet online. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season BetOnline.ag has all the betting action in the NBA the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs and if your baseball is your first love, bet online has you covered if you love hockey golf, MMA and championship boxing bet online has it all every sport every game every matchup bet online has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with bet online and we're also sponsored by locker room which is pretty cool locker room is a new sponsor out for those those who don't know locker room uh, there's a UVA locker room. Uh, it's it's uh, the locker room all access, and a bunch of UVA people use it for a bunch of different stuff. I know who's got next uses it to write articles on, and of course that's one of the main ways I know about any of the transfer news or or who the transfers are when they come in is from who's got next uh, but it's live audio only sports talk program it's free to download to use and you can talk to other athletes fans insiders or you know to Rob and I what we we're going to get one soon and yeah, it isn't set up yet but we will get one eventually and um, the goal is like after games or after stuff during stuff we can be live and you guys can hang out and watch the game kind of with us which is fun it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news uh locker room is a free audio only social media platform for sports fans and uh all you need to do is download the locker room app for free in the uh, ios app store you can create a profile link it to your twitter and you can join the group and make sure um once we get it followed, we'll, we'll put out some stuff, but make sure you can get you set up right now. And, you know, there's locker room places for all your favorite sports teams, so make sure to get that set up. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, bree eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. suits to games (laughs) that's absurd all right so what rob mentioned is that there's been a whole bunch of transfer stuff happening and by stuff i mean that whole college basketball world is just flipped upside down including uva so uva has not escaped this um it is uh it, we we've actually been hit pretty hard with the transfer market with three of our players going out casey morsel justin mccoy and jabri abdur rahim all of them have since announced their new commitments to new schools uh, we can talk about that later but rob i first want to start with just your overall thoughts on the new transfer rule now that we've seen it kind of in place for a little bit, how do you feel like how do you feel about it just generally?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, before we get to UVA specifically, I mean, I'm still a fan of the one-time transfer rule. Mm-hmm. I think um, so much in the NCAA right now, especially without the name image and likeness um, rights for these players, but that's still up in the air. So much of the power in the college sports world is given to the schools, it's given to the administrators, it's given to the coaches. And, you know, this is really kind of the player's first grab at having some sort of freedom in the system. Um, so I'm okay with the rule. I think it created chaos. And I think that chaos was uh, exacerbated by the fact that, you know, this was a free year in college basketball. Eligibility was frozen. It didn't count. So I think moving forward, while we are still going to see a high number of transfers, my guess is that we'll see less going forward. Um, But all things told, I think it's good for the players. I'm in favor of keeping this rule out there because um, it gives them the freedom that they just really didn't have. And, you know, it's, you know, I think everybody has known someone, whether it was themselves or someone else, that you know, maybe didn't have the best year in college or decided to transfer for various mm-hmm. reasons, talking yeah. about non-athletes specifically. And, you know, everyone else can do that except athletes, you know, they had to put their life on hold for a year if they did that yeah. and hadn't graduated yet. So all told, I'm a fan of the rule. What yeah, about you?
2: I agree. I think I actually think it's really interesting and it gives us a lot more to talk about, too, you know, throughout the whole season, because if you think about it, like when it used to be when basketball season was over and then we've got, you know, the spring sports, baseball and the cross. And I think of course this year there's a few more with the, with some of the fall sports being pushed back. But generally it was like, okay, what do we do from like end of March, early April until, you know, football. And of course we do football updates and everything, but now it's like, okay, we're still probably going to be getting transfers in, in the summer and people are going to still be moving around. And I think it's really great. You mentioned like coaches and administrators having power, and this does give the players a lot more say in where they go and what they do. It's like, you know, think about Chris Beard moving from Texas tech to Texas. Like he doesn't have to sit it's out crazy. a year because he do he does it. That. That's crazy in itself, but he doesn't have to sit out a year because he does that. But if a student decided to do that, One, they might not even be able to transfer within the conference if the school blocked it. That was in past years. And two, they would have to sit out a year probably wherever they were, especially if they were an underclassman, they probably wouldn't have the chance. I think in this case, I'm, I'm really a big fan of the rule. I hope it's here to stay because I think it, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. It gives the players a lot more choice. And honestly, you know, a lot of players, when they're young, they don't really know kind of the fit they're looking for or what they really need as a player. Like, you know, players get talked into a lot of stuff by, you know, parents, friends, family, you know, their their squad or their their circle. And I think with this rule, the players have a lot themselves actually can say, you know, this is actually what I need and what I want. And I know that now. So I hope this is here to stay. Uh I guess we'll see how it goes this year. And as you said, this year is especially crazy with the you know free year for everyone, really. So this year doesn't count. People have so many new years. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly lived up to the expectations as far as number of transfers. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, this has been it, it had been hinted at for weeks and months during the season that it truly was going to be the wild west this off season. and uh... oh no
2: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> hey dude sorry hey. I, <laughs> I i was trying Did to I lose turn... service or what? no i was trying to turn my phone on silent and i hit airplane mode instead so i'm sorry about that oh what a no worries, fun bro. what a fun podcast this has been <laughs> this has been crazy okay let's we're trying, man it's monday okay.
0: yeah i mean you know this has been and it had it had been hinted at for a while that you know this coming off season was really going to be the wild west as far as transfers were concerned uh because everyone could see this coming eligibility frozen this new rule getting implemented and um the wild west it was it certainly uh delivered and, you know, directly to UVA, like you said, there were three transfers out of the program. Uh, Casey Morcell, Justin McCoy, and Jabri Abdul Rahim. And, you know, we mentioned just in passing interconference transfers a second ago. Uh, two of our guys, uh, did that. Yeah. Casey Morcell goes to NC State. Justin McCoy goes to UNC. Um, you know, personally, I think Casey Morcell is a much better scheme fit at NC State than he has at Virginia School that likes to get up and down the floor a bit more. Um, You know, we'll see how he's able to translate his game. I think he had opportunities to prove himself at UVA but never was able to. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, for his sake, he'll be able to at NC State. Um, Justin McCoy goes back a lot closer to home at UNC, and Abdur Rahim, it was announced, uh, he's going to Georgia. So three transfers out, we know where they all went. UVA has gotten two transfers in so far. Uh, first being Armand Franklin. He's a shooting guard, going to come in as a junior out of Indiana. And we have Jaden Gardner, a forward. He's a senior, um, although technically two years of eligibility remaining, um, out of East Carolina. So, so far, three out, two in, uh, and it's been wild to follow. Dustin, what are your thoughts on? Um, the guys in, the guys out, just how this has unfolded for
2: UDA. I I mean, so the guys, let's start with the guys out, I think because that was the first news that dropped. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk on message boards, social media. I don't really want to get into the, you know, negatives about what that can bring. But I do want to say, I was a little surprised about, I think the most surprising one was McCoy, for sure. McCoy seemed to... You know, at the end of the year, for me personally, I saw a lot of growth with him. He brought a lot of energy to a team and toughness to a team that sometimes didn't have any. I really thought that he did a really uh, good job of getting rebounds. He was playing good defense. He even got some points in a couple of games towards the end. And unfortunately, he had got COVID during the ACC tournament. He was the the one who tested positive. Uh, made us have to fly out super late I was surprised I guess because I really felt like he was in for a bigger role next year how do you feel about McCoy specifically
0: yeah you know I think McCoy's reasoning not that we have any intel but my guess is that his reasoning goes you know pretty far beyond basketball itself Mm -hmm. Um, because like you said he was the only kind of forward for lack of a better word basketball is so fluid these days as far as positions go but he was really our only true forward on the roster you know Cafaro and shedrick i think are most comfortable at the five as mm-hmm. more centered so you know mccoy would have come back you know had a real chance to start um and play significant minutes and you know understanding he's from north carolina um he kind of flirted with that north carolina offer in high school, mm-hmm. uh, it was either right after, or right before he committed to us. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's definitely something that's been on his mind for a while. And, you know, if this is as a Carolina kid, his dreams go and, you know, play for North Carolina, albeit under a different coach, Roy Williams stepping aside. Yeah. Um, you know, then more power to him. But yeah, yeah it, it is interesting because it is a historical rival.
2: It just seems a really interesting move considering Carolina's kind of, I would say in a, pretty big rebuild right now, you know, with, uh, their top freshman Walker Kessler leaving Roy Williams, you know, great coach and, and frankly, seemed like a nice guy, um, retiring after a long time and three championships. There's a lot to build on there. And I I think it's kind of like, it feels like a downgrade almost for McCoy like just just from a program stand, and and this is not like overall, but like a program, at like where they are right now. I feel like UVA is in a much better position than Carolina. You know, we've got stability at head coach. Uh, we we just won the ACC title this past year. I feel like there's, and at Carolina, it's like you know Roy Williams is gone, new coach. We don't know what's going to happen there. They were at the bottom of the ACC two years ago. And then this year, you know, they they kind of caught up at the end, but they weren't doing great for most of the year. Uh, really underperformed expectations. I feel like with you know ACC preseason player of the year was was uh, what's his face? Their um their forward, but uh, Garrison Brooks, and he didn't really perform up to expectations. So I feel like there's a lot of just weird energy in Carolina right now. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. I mean, like I said, I think this goes beyond just conventional wisdom. I think there's emotional and family ties to the area that most likely brought him there. Um, But, heck, I mean, you could say the same thing. I mean, that's the crazy part with UVA is where our program standing is, is you could probably say similar things about the other transfers. You know, I think Mm -hmm. uh, Casey Morsell going to NC State, you know, uh, Virginia has – typically beaten NC State these past, I mean, heck, for most of the past decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Abdur Rahim going to Georgia. I mean, I'm not sure how many people there even know they have a basketball team. You know, right. that's a football school through and through. So, um, you know, but that's that's the interesting part is, you know, all those guys, you know, would have had a role to step into next year. You know, I would think Abdur Rahim would have had a chance to really prove himself, um, you know, get on the floor. Um, certainly more so than he did this year. You know, you look at McCoy, McCoy's probably starting next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Casey Morsell, you know, it's a tough situation for him. He started the season opener in each of the past two years, certainly had his chances to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying he couldn't if he stayed within the program, but I think he kind of realized the change of scene might have been in his best interest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the thing with transfers. You know, it's it's different than high school recruiting because these guys come in and, you know, they have an opportunity to play and they, after that, getting that opportunity, um, even if it's not playing on the court, just playing in practice and getting the college experience, you know, you know what you want more. So, you know, if this is what these players feel are in their best interest, you know, I I personally don't care that one guy went to North Carolina, that one guy went to NC State. Um, it really doesn't matter to me. If that's what's in their best interest, um, you know, by all means, and we're going to move on just as they did, uh, which... Virginia has by adding two transfers. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you're ready to get into those or if you have any other thoughts on, you know, maybe Casey or Jabri.
2: I would say, I think just for Casey, you know, I, as you've said a couple of times, we've we've talked about this a little bit before too, is just he never quite got to where a lot of people believed he could, especially with in terms of shooting. You know, on defense, he was already, he was always pretty – pretty good on defense but uh, in terms of his offense you know he he was almost you know at times it was like oh don't shoot that and at times this season he seemed like there was a time in the middle of the season where it seemed like he really got some confidence was shooting the ball pretty good and then it never really panned out and that's pretty unfortunate I agree with what you're saying like a change of scene is sometimes really good for a player uh just to just to jumpstart them, you know, in Charlottesville, it seemed like he couldn't really hit on our rims and, you know, all power to him to, to realize that and try and get, try and do better at somewhere else. And honestly, like, you know, with Jabri, it's just, you know, one of the highest rated recruits in 20 minute history. So it's a little disappointing. We didn't get to see him, but I mean, he just clearly, you know, if he was ready, Tony would have played him. You know, like if you're good, you're going to get played. And at that point, it doesn't look like Jabri was either defensively ready or, you know, he was injured a lot in his high, he was out for most of his senior year of high school. So maybe injury had to do something with it. Maybe physicality, you know, whatever it was, he didn't see the floor. And so going to Georgia, probably going to see the floor there. Not a lot of great talent there. You know, they did have Anthony Edwards a couple of years ago, um, Tom Green is a pretty good coach, I guess. I I don't, I'm not really sure what the connection is there, but, you know, we'll see how he does. And, you know, I wish, I wish all of them the best. Honestly, I think, I think they'll both all, all three will probably do well wherever they are. And, uh, I think kind of like all the rest of UVA transfers, you know, like think back to Darius Thompson and Mariel Shayok, you know, I always liked seeing how they were doing and, you know watching their teams play whenever i could I, I always enjoyed that so i don't really understand people who are like oh i i hope they do badly wherever they go I, that doesn't make sense to me it's just like yeah it's okay they they just need to go somewhere else i mean i don't know yeah how do you I mean, feel about that
0: <laughs> well i mean that's kind of the real world too you know like we've only been there for a couple of years but like people change jobs Mm -hmm. and it's like you don't you don't hate someone because they change jobs (laughs) yeah um (laughs) at least some people don't um so you know that's just kind of how i view it you know everyone's making the decision that they believe is in their -hmm. own best interest and you can disagree with it if you want to um but no i I don't wish any uh i wish nothing but goodwill i Mm -hmm. should say to all these guys i'm the same way you know like Paul Jesperson is like has one of the better, like, uh, buzzer beaters and what it was like first or second round NC's double A tournament, whatever mm-hmm. that was. Like, Jesperson has that. Uh, our guy Marco Anthony, who just yeah. hit the portal again today, by the way. Our mm-hmm. guy Marco Anthony, um, uh, hit Barstool this, uh, this month, I guess a couple weeks ago for his. Uh, reasoning behind wearing number forty four mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Wendy's four for four. Yeah. Uh, that. So yeah, I mean I, I consider all of them, you know, kind of part of the UVA basketball family. I, yeah. I've got no ill will towards any yeah. of these guys. Former
2: former Who's. Former Who's. I always like I always like tweeting about that. I once I forget who it was. One time someone was like, Oh, I don't care about, you know, I'm not including them in the, you know, my former Who's thing. I'm like, why not? You know, Mariel's on a team in the NBA, might as well include him. I mean, I think that I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's how, I think that's where I'm at. Any so we talked about the outgoing guys. Uh let's talk about some of the incoming guys. We got two I think pretty good guys coming in. Uh so do you wanna you wanna talk about that or you got anything else to say about the outgoing ones?
0: Yeah, no let's dive into the ingo- incoming ones. Um I, you know, they kind of tie into the outgoing ones, too, because I think these are two players that uh, likely could have ended up at Virginia anyway mm-hmm. um, if, you know, the transfers out did not happen, even though it was kind of inevitable. There are going to be at least some guys transferring out. Um, but yeah, the incoming guys, Armand Franklin, a shooting guard out of Indiana, Jaden Gardner, uh forward out of East Carolina. And, you know, listen, I mean, in many respects, Virginia just kind of backfilled and, maybe even improved Mm -hmm. um after the transfers out of these other guys you know listen Armand Franklin comes in as the exact same class and the exact same position as Casey Morcel, and Armand Franklin so far has had uh I'd say much more success as a college player than Casey Morcel has you know he's a 42 percent shooter from three last season Mm -hmm. uh averaged 11 and a half points a game you know a much more realistic scoring threat. So he slides into literally the exact same role Casey Morcell had. Then yeah. you go look at Jaden Gardner, um, essentially the same player as Justin McCoy was. Now, Jaden Gardner is a year older, although he does technically have two years of eligibility remaining if you wanted to capitalize on this past year's, you know, free year, bonus year, whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. Gardner played 35 minutes. Um, I was going to say, Last year for East Carolina. He played thirty five minutes a game, uh last year, the year before, and then thirty minutes a game as a freshman. Yeah. Um, so I mean like at his stats last year, thirty five minutes a game, um, eighteen points per game, eight rebounds a game. Um, I mean this guy this guy can play. And you know, you look at both of them and Armand Franklin is probably a little bit in his own mold as a player. Um, I have a hard time kind of finding a Tony Bennett comparison for him. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, he's a shooting guard, good enough shooter. I think he's a power five caliber player. And Gardner, I think, maybe like a poor man's Anthony Gill, yeah. somewhere in that mold. Um, I see a lot of similarities in their game as well. So, um, you know, I think Virginia so far has come out ahead. And, you know, you look at after losing Abdur Rahim, a lot, you know, Virginia still has three transfer or three spots available next year mm-hmm. for uh, a transfer to come in or a 2021 recruit to come in. It's still not totally out of the realm of possibilities that Virginia adds another high school player. So yeah. depending on Trey Murphy's upcoming decision in the class, um, Virginia can certainly be looking to add one, if not two more people, uh, even as they have room for three. So this, this coming situation is going to be very fluid. Still. Um, we may have gotten past the first flurry of mm-hmm. activity, but the uh, activity is far from over. Yeah. So, that that's my ramble about where uh, my head's at with the incoming guys. Um, where's your head at Dustin?
2: I like the, I really like these two guys. I, I really like Gardner a lot. Uh, of course, he just came in today. Actually it's Monday. We're recording this on Monday. It's about nine, but Gardner came in um, and this is someone this, he feels an immediate, he feels an immediate need for this team. You know, we are looking, we lost two of our big guys, uh, senior big guys from last year, Jay Huff, Sam Hauser. I think we'll talk about them a little bit later, but we lost those two guys. Uh, we lose a lot of scoring as well. He brings both. Uh, I want to point out just a couple things about uh, Jayden Gardner. First of all, in their game against Houston this uh, year, they beat number five Houston. First of all, East Carolina was awful this year. Uh, just a bad team. Didn't didn't do it very well. Was last in their conference. Uh, but they did beat Houston which was kind of their game of the year and in that game uh, Gardner was the star he had 21 points 15 rebounds and he was this is the stat that I like 9 of 13 from the free throw line so he knows how to create contact and he benefits from that Uh, he had three fouls in that game four assists one block one turnover so I mean he he's a guy who who can really bring something to this team that we lacked last year which is physicality ability to get inside back to the basket back him up and like Anthony Gill like you said uh gives him free throws you know that's that's what we like to see that's something that we didn't do well last year even though we were um really good at shooting free throws we didn't get to the line that often which was frankly really frustrating and So I'm really excited to see him in that role. Now, uh, Franklin, uh, Armand Franklin, uh, another guard who I'm excited to see, played about 30 minutes game for Indiana, shot about 42, 43% from three, which is good, uh, 11 or 12 points a game. And I'm excited to see him, you know, in this Tony Bennett system where hopefully we can get him open. Now, a couple things about both of them. First question always is, can they play defense? So can they play defense and can they learn the system of defense before the season starts? If so, I think we'll be fine. I think a lot rests on that, how quickly they pick it up, how well they mesh into the lineup. And uh, I'm excited to see how they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and me both. And I think pretty much everyone would agree. I mean, these guys are exciting additions to the team. Um, You know, I think, I think these guys can play defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, traditionally, it's more of the big men that you're a bit more concerned about in the pack line. Um, at least that's my opinion. At least I feel like the guards typically have come in and done an okay job. Like, you know, Tomas was by no means a all world defender, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, I never felt like his defensive errors kind of cost us games. Like you'll see sometimes from a big man who's out of position Mm -hmm. or, you know, getting into foul trouble. So I think Gardner is really the guy to watch there a bit more. Um, but I, I also like what you said about Gardner and one thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, not, not just so much his stats and what he can bring to scoring and rebounding. You know, you can get all that just looking at the stat sheet and, you know, by no means am I an expert on Jalen, Jaden Gardner's game, but from what I have seen, something that excites me a lot about him is the energy he plays with. And I feel like we talk about that sometimes and more so when the team is struggling than when it's doing well, but what is the energy on the floor? And, you know, I think Momedy always was running around with a smile on his face, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing that energy. I think, Ty Jerome, in a different way, brought kind of that competitive spirit to the floor. Uh, you know, Justin Anderson certainly brought a similar level as well. I mean, heck, I'd say Anthony Gill did too in the energy he brought. Yeah. Um, Jaden Gardner plays, you know, with his heart out. Like, this guy is diving, he's dunking. I mean, this guy loves basketball. And, you know, not to say that last year's team lacked energy or lacked passion, but it wasn't really visible. You know, Mm -hmm. our leaders last year were quieter guys, Jay Huff, Sam Hauser, you know, even Trey Murphy, even as a transfer. Um, So I think, I think having a guy like Gardner, a guy who's probably going to be a bit more vocal, a guy who's going to wear everything on his sleeve. um, You know, I think we're going to love him in JPJ and hopefully we have fans back for games next year. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to love him in JPJ. And I think the team is going to feed off his energy. And I think, more than just what he brings to the stat sheet. Um, he's really going to bring a nice element to this team that maybe we were lacking this past season.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm looking forward to both of these guys playing, uh, Franklin and Gardner. And I'm glad that, you know, we got two guys who the, the coaching staff really seem to want and uh, appreciate. Now, the uh, the next thing is, as you said, we have, I think, three more spots because we had three seniors graduate. And we had three guys transfer out. So we have three more spots left to fill. Uh, what, how, how do you think UVA is going to go about with those and, and fixing those?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think the balance here is filling immediate needs while not taking up scholarship spots and, uh, two years or three years, essentially scholarship spots that could be used, uh, class of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a balancing act. Um, I don't think it's likely that Virginia will fill all three of those spots. Um, but I do think Virginia would benefit, um, you know, more from the transfers as much as anything, because I think 2021 recruiting for the most part is done. You know, you take flyers as Virginia had in the past on guys here and there. Um, although rarely have those guys necessarily worked out when they bring them in this late in the cycle. Um, so I think the focus is really going to be on bringing in transfers that address needs. Now, looking at the roster, I think Virginia could use another big man. And I also think they could use another wing. And that addition for a wing kind of a uh you know small ball four you know a three and your regular lineups essentially what trey murphy is you know somewhat similar into the deandre holder hunter mo i can't talk tonight yeah. uh deandre hunter model um same with braxton key i think they could benefit from bringing in one of those guys already and i think if trey murphy does end up going to the draft um then that becomes an absolute need and so the way i see the roster right now i certainly see um you know, benefits of bringing someone in at both kind of a forward spot, more of a four, and both as uh, more of a wing player, more of a three. So mm-hmm. that's where I see holes in the roster that could still be filled. I think if Virginia went into the season um, with the roster as it stands now, assuming Trey Murphy would be back, it would be in an okay shape. But I really don't think you can make the assumption right now that Trey Murphy is going to be back.
2: Yeah and I, you know, it's still open. My guess, my guess is he'll definitely test the draft waters, but I think that, you know, he, he could come back right now. He's, I think listed at like a second round, early second round pick, probably early to mid second round pick. I don't know if he'll, if he'll leave or if he'll come back. Uh, I think it kind of depends on his situation and what he feels is right. I think if he came back next year, he could really bump his draft stock up a lot. But, you know, we're not going to really know until that happens. So I I think we just, it's another waiting game. It's kind of like, you know, who's going to leave and who's, who are we going to get for, you know, our guys that we've lost, but I'm excited to see what happens. Even, you know, without Trey Murphy, I, I still think, you know, our team next year will be good um and honestly I think we can't even really say what it's going to be like until we know whether Trey Murphy's going to be here or not because I think he is going to be a huge part of the team next year if if he is around
0: yeah you know one thing that's kind of been mentioned but um I feel like hasn't gotten enough traction yet and you know for various reasons it might help it might not help but I think adding transfers of the caliber of a Jaden gardner of an armand franklin you know i think it certainly makes the idea of returning to uva for a senior season more enticing to trey murphy Mm -hmm. if i'm trey murphy and before the addition of these two transfers and i'm looking at the roster i'm saying you know other than an extra year in the weight room before i get to the pros which by the way they also have weight rooms in the pros yeah um but aside from that, I don't really see a huge benefit for him coming back, um, or at least not a huge draw for him to come back to a team that would likely struggle next year. I think adding players like uh, Armand Franklin and Jaden Gardner and potentially another player, I think adding those pieces make the idea of returning to UVA much more enticing. Because, you know, as the rest of the ACC... Um, fills up their rosters because, you know, Virginia is not the only one with transfers. The other teams are struggling to piece together their rosters right now too. Um, but when I think everything clears up with the roster that UVA has now, you know, not to say Virginia is necessarily going to win the ACC, but I think they will be competitive again.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if Trey Murphy comes back, they certainly will be even more competitive. But, you know, without these guys, I'm looking at this roster. I'm saying, you know, I don't know how Virginia is necessarily going to do next year. Um, so I think the idea of adding these guys, at the very least, makes the option to come back more interesting for him. And, you know, I, when you're considering leaving for the draft early, you know, you're not necessarily weighing championships versus anything else. You know, you're ultimately trying to do what's in your best interest as a professional player. Um, but I don't think it can hurt that Virginia's added these type of players already.
2: Is that time of year again, and now all eyes are on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their playoff runs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, or in championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device to bring home the game with Bet Online, And we are also sponsored by Kanan Sunglasses. Your outdoor experience could be better, clearly better. Kanan Sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan Sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest Im- imagination. Use the exclusive code KANANCAST15 at kanan.com to receive 50 percent off your first pair that's k-a-e-n-o-n Canon cast c-a-s-t 1515 Canon clearly better vr training platforms like the one developed by fundamental vr and orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients
1: as you practice each skill the muscle memory starts to develop
2: learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. is their defense going to be able to catch up to where they are? Because you, know, as we know, the peck line is complicated, and it takes takes time to learn, and it takes um, a certain want as well. You're going to need to really move with the other five, other four guys on there to to make it happen. Now, the thing about you know having freshmen is they usually have you know that whole summer, and then they have the first year with the team and a lot of times they get a lot better as the year goes on you know as we always see like freshmen don't play a lot in the beginning of the season you think back to 2017 ty and kyle didn't really play a lot i think it's because you know their defense wasn't that great but as the year went on they started to take over because they did learn the defense same thing with deandre deandre next year in 2018 uh you know he, he took that redshirt year was able to learn the defense a lot. Uh, started to play and then as the year got on got a lot better at it Um, you can point to a whole lot of different people who did this Sam Howser too got a lot better at defense as the year went on just takes time so having transfers come in just means that they have less time in their careers to learn the defense and become proficient in the defense so that's the only downside to it Uh, luckily Franklin is a he'll be a junior next year if he actually he'll be a sophomore next year excuse me because this year this past year didn't count and gardner will be a junior next year because this year didn't count so they'll have 3 and 2 years respectively so or sorry 2 and no, three and two years respectively. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gardner has technically two years left even though he's played three seasons and yeah. Franklin has technically three seasons left to play even though he's played two. Yes. Um
1: thank you. And you know,
0: I, I think I no problem. <laughs> um I think um I think what you brought up it is an interesting point and uh, you know, I still think this team is much, much improved with the addition of these two transfers and can be improved even more with the addition of more high-quality transfers, which I think is still a real possibility, especially mm-hmm. if Trey Murphy leaves. Um, but, but I will say, and you know, maybe this is a topic for another day when we have a chance to really dive into this, but this season definitely challenged um, the assumptions I make about Virginia basketball in a different way. Mm-hmm. What I mean when I say that is that one of the assumptions I have always carried about UVA basketball under Tony Bennett is that the defense is going to be good. And that yeah. I really don't put any thought into that. It's like, okay, so Virginia's going to have a top five defense at worst, you know? Like, that's something, that's an assumption I just always make, and for the most part has been right. Um, Except for this year. This past year was definitely the exception to that rule. Virginia struggled defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, They weren't frequently enough able to go on long stretches, you know, really stifling the opponent. Um, And that, that's definitely a consideration, and consideration that, you know, I always kind of, laughed off whenever Tony Bennett would say, oh, you know, we need to focus in on our defense more. I was like, all right, well, like what about the other parts of the game? And I think this year really highlighted how important that defense is to Virginia um, and how it shouldn't be taken for granted at least. Um, So, I mean, certainly considering these guys, how they fit into the defensive system is going to be very interesting to follow, um, especially because next year, kind of like this past year, there is going to be a reliance on transfers.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I think, um, I think it'll be exciting and, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. We really won't know how it's going until probably more in the fall when we hear some more about, you know, who may start and, you know, we'll get to see what the, uh, what the the spring game looks like or not spring game, but like the fall, the fall uh, scrimmage looks like and everything. Hopefully they have that this year. I don't know if they will, but and it'll be interesting. So yeah, any any last things about transfers, incoming or outgoing, before we move on?
0: Um, no, I mean not really, other <laughs> than the fact that it's still fluid. I feel like we've hit the main points, and now you know the the narrative will shift as more things change, as more players enter the portal because that can still happen, and mm-hmm. as Virginia kind of narrows their list, especially when it comes to Trey Murphy. Tr- what Trey Murphy decides to do is going to have a direct impact on at least one more incoming transfer yeah. um and if virginia is smart which i think they are and i think they are gonna do some contingency planning i think they're probably already looking to fill that spot um even if trey murphy does not necessarily enter the draft
2: yeah okay makes a lot of sense all right so one last thing i want to do with basketball is i want to talk about outgoing seniors we got Tomas Woldetensai, we have Sam Hauser, and of course, Jay Huff, who was with us seemingly forever, but really, it was only five years. So um, I just want to talk about them real quick and kind of their legacy with this team. And I want to start with Jay Huff because he was with us for the longest time. And I want to say like, I appreciate all the seniors, what they did. I look forward to watching them, uh, hopefully in the NBA, but Um, most likely for one, if not two, um, somewhere overseas or in the G League for a while. And uh, I think that I really enjoyed watching all of them play. Now, I think their legacy is something different. And honestly, I'm a little, I think it's confusing. It's a confusing legacy, especially for Jay Huff. uh, But first, I want to get your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's tough for a guy who transfers in to really, you know, especially guys that, and Tomas played two years, Hauser mm-hmm. played one year, and, you know, considering with both of them, one of those seasons was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really tough to, like, put a legacy to the transfer. Um You know, like, I think the one exception, I mean, you can say, like, Braxton Key, because he was a key part of the team that won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but without having kind of that definitive first to happen, um, you know, in any respects, I think it's difficult to kind of peg it down. Um, Jay Huff, Jay Huff's kind of the same way. You know, he had some really good games. Um, I would say two very good seasons, being his junior and senior year at UVA. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, admittedly, his role on the championship team was small. And Virginia didn't kind of check any new boxes that they hadn't already checked these past two years when his role was bigger. So, you know, not to diminish a legacy by any stretch, because I think, you know, they were all good players, but I'm not sure if we're even ready to have kind of that talk about legacy for these guys just because, I mean, like, unfortunately for them, part of their legacy is playing in this weird COVID year.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, like, part of their legacy is... I, I think part half of it is winning the ACC regular season, which is a pretty big feat. And even though this was a down year for the ACC, I think, I think we still going to have to realize that this team was good enough to win the ACC. Now, the other half is that we never really kind of got to where this team wanted to be. It, I think as time goes on, people are going to forget about the number four preseason ranking overall like in the whole country for this team and instead we're going to remember just kind of a weird year that was marred by COVID but this team never quite made it up to where it should have been or it could have been honestly and so I think that there's just a weird especially I think for Jay and Sam I mean Tomas really his role on this team was really pretty diminished but Jay and Sam both of them you know play a similar role on this team and couldn't quite get the team to where a lot of people thought they could be at the beginning of the season
0: yeah and I mean that's that's part of what was so frustrating this past year is COVID you know in all sports has had its own frustrating toll you know canceling games um, not letting us go to games Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you name it, COVID had its impact, but you know, that I think other than COVID, I think that was kind of the other story this year is what you said is just, this was really the first time in recent memory that Virginia has underperformed under Tony Bennett. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you just look at it on paper, I mean, they underperformed kind of dramatically, Mm -hmm. you know, preseason number four, um, and lost in first round in the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, after, you know, an okay regular season, but not great. So, you know, looking at this season, you know, when you look at it off of paper, when you put everything into context, you know, I kind of realized that COVID played a big role in UVA losing to Ohio and that, you know, we made some assumptions about this team, about how they would play or really how they didn't play. Um, that kind of came to light during the season. So, you know, that's, that's another complicated thing. You know, I feel like, I feel like I just need to get farther out to discuss their legacies because yeah. during the first couple of years, you know, I mean, really these past six or seven years of Tony Bennett, you know, it's been so easy to define legacies because Virginia kept checking new boxes and players were a part of it. I mean, you know, winning that first ACC regular season and tournament crown since 76, you know, our first year, like it was easy to say, Joe Harris, Akil Mitchell, those are our guys. You know, um, Malcolm Brogdon, first team, All-American. You know, Malcolm Brogdon's our guy. Get us to the lead eight. Mm-hmm. You know, then you go and you hit the final four. You hit the championship. You know, Mamadi hits the shot. Ty, Kyle, and Dre, all that. Kihei with the pass. You know, uh, there's all these, like, definitive things to point to. And, you know, for Tomas and Hauser, who came in after the championship and didn't have those first, you know, even though they did win the ACC regular season this past year, Virginia had already done that multiple times under Tony Bennett. So in some sense, we're kind of spoiled by what we've already accomplished, Mm -hmm. but I think not having that definitive, you know, new box checked is, you know, it makes their legacies more difficult to define and probably, you know, we'll need a few more years to really, properly put it into context
2: yeah yeah i agree i agree yeah that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense so we can table that for another time i guess um we'll table
0: it for like two years from now two- see where we're at <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah we gotta revisit <laughs> so
0: so sam hauser tomas yeah what do you think?
2: remember those guys Crazy. <laughs> um rob any football news you want to talk about
0: yeah man well I mean, I'd love to dive into some football here because uh, for the first time in two years, we got spring practice and, Mm -hmm. you know, we see the video clips, we see, um, you know, the pictures, the conferences, the reports, um, you know, who's practicing, who's not practicing. For me, it's exciting. I love it. Um, So, I mean, you know, really the big narratives this spring is taking what UVA learned last year and building upon it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming in last year was year four of the Bronco era. Um, or no, it was year. God, I should know this. Bronco came in 2016. So two and ten. So last year was year five of the Bronco era. This is year six. Um, but like it had all been about unbroken growth, right? Virginia goes from two wins to six to uh, eight to nine. And Virginia, you know, and less games and then an all-conference schedule with the exception of Abilene Christian, um, Virginia falls to five games last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Five wins, that is. And, you know, diagnosing the problems of that season, I think Brendan Armstrong admittedly had too many turnovers. I mm-hmm. think you can also point directly to two losses last year where Brendan Armstrong did not play, where mm-hmm. you at least have a much better chance to win that game if Brendan Armstrong does play at full strength. Um and then you look at the back end of the defense Virginia was awful in the secondary last year gave up way too many big plays, you know, at times it was just I mean heck like remember I think it was the North Carolina game and the Wake Forest game like they're just giving up huge touchdown passes like first drive of the game. It's like these guys don't even have to break down the defense. it's just open it's just yeah. there so, Shoring up those issues is going to be a big part of what UVA does this spring. And, you know, they move the coaching staff responsibilities around a little bit. I think that I think it was safe to say Nick Howell had a bit too much on his plate. Mm-hmm. So Virginia moves Ricky Brumfield back to be the cornerbacks coach. They moved Shane Hunter um, back to be the safeties coach. So they shuffle those responsibilities around, you know, Brennan Armstrong, another year in the system, actually has the benefit of spring practice this year. Um, I think that'll help things out. So, you know, and looking for guys to emerge too. You know, there were COVID opt-outs last year. Um, A guy I'm really looking forward to in the secondary is Darius Bren. By all accounts, last year, a year after his ACL tear, wasn't at full strength. Now it appears that he's at full strength and, you know, has a shot at claiming one of those starting corner spots. So, there's there's a lot to monitor kind of throughout the roster, but those areas, you know, Brennan Armstrong at quarterback, limiting turnovers, and, you know, the reverse on the flip side is, how does the secondary hold up? I think those are the real intriguing storylines because the biggest gains you have in those areas are going to result in more wins on the field than any other area.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. When is the spring game?
0: That is a good question. <laughs> um, I believe it's... April thirtieth okay it's at the end of April, maybe it's May first. I don't know it's it's sometime in the next couple weeks. uh okay. each team is allotted fifteen practices, and I think Virginia just wrapped up their sixth or seventh practice, so we're about a third of the way through spring ball right now,
1: okay, sounds good, sounds but yeah, good. is
0: there anything you're monitoring for over spring practice, not just UVA. you know anything kind of schools kind of go at their own pace and get through this
2: I think. I think one thing maybe is the drafts upcoming. Um, just watching that and kind of seeing teams figure out like who they're going to take and you know what what's going to happen with it. You know the Saints are maybe looking to draft a quarterback, which I'm against. I'm on the Jameis train. Uh, <laughs> you know he got his LASIK surgery. I'm I'm all in. So um, I'm I'm Team Jameis Winston. But otherwise, you know I think it's just interesting to see, you know, what teams are taking quarterbacks, you know, some mock drafts have five quarterbacks going in the top 5 or top 10 or whatever, so i which is crazy. This talent, this draft is so has so many talented wide receivers too. Uh interesting to see where those will go. We've got a lot of interesting players. So, i think it'll be interesting. I'm just I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, man. I I know I love draft uh stuff. I don't know if you've seen the um <laughs> It's like a year old now, but it showed up on my timeline a few days ago. The Joey Bolinero, however you say his name, at Balls Bar School, talking mm-hmm. about his like draft addiction. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I funny. love that clip. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's great having, it's great having, uh, just football in the spring again. And last year we obviously had the draft as well, even though in kind of different circumstances. But um, you know, I mean, heck, just spring football in general just gets me excited and. I don't, e- I don't even know if the spring game will be televised. Like, Tech had to cancel their spring game because that it was before um Governor Northam had kind of eased the outdoor restrictions on mm-hmm. attendance, and so they just decided to cancel it. Now that those restrictions are lifted a little bit, I don't know what UVA is planning to do, if we'll get TV cameras there, if, you know, heck, even a few people can maybe come. I don't know. Um But yeah, dude, like, just having spring ball again is great. And I live for, like slogging through a work day you know 11 a.m just when can i eat lunch and then scrolling through twitter and seeing a football highlight yeah. so i'm all about that
2: yeah it's fun um i think we'll have more to talk about with spring football you know later when when there's more stuff so we can definitely do more about that later but um until then i think we're done for today it's been a pretty long pod um we can end it today but uh, thank you all so much for listening. Sorry it's been a while. You know, me and Rob's schedules didn't quite match up for a couple weeks. But uh, we're back, and hopefully, we can get some more stuff out in the upcoming weeks. So thank you so much for listening. And make sure to follow us on, on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to go ahead and uh, check out all of our sponsors. And we will see y'all next time. Go Hoos you